Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher Lockhead. Recently, a 10-second video clip just sold for 6.6 million U.S. dollars. This selling of a digital piece of art, we believe, changed the future, and most people didn't notice it. This new category design could have very profound implications, not just in the art world, but everywhere else for anybody creating products. So on this episode, let's dig into it. My friends at Oracle NetSuite are the number one cloud ERP system. If you want a foundation for your business that is flexible, powerful, and allows you to manage with precision, check out netsuite.com slash different today. That's netsuite.com slash different. Data is the asset that matters. And my friends at Splunk are the leaders in data to everything. Check out splunk.com slash D, the number two, the letter E. That's splunk.com slash D to E. And if you like this kind of content, You might just love our new newsletter, Category Pirates. Go to Lockhead.com today and subscribe to Category Pirates. Now, hey-ho, let's go. This is Lockhead on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. All right. So um, let's maybe take a step back. We have, uh, we've had digital products being sold on the internet for a while. Uh, you might remember when Farmville was the game and people were buying tractors and shit like that for their farms. And so in that case, for a game, people bought digital products. And that's been going on for a while. It happens with uh, all sorts of games. People can buy all sorts of quote unquote products to help them um, in their digital gaming. We also see things like um, digital fashion. Believe it or not, there are, quote, digital fashion houses now that sell digital-only clothing. That's right. You can buy a digital pair of sneakers and all sorts of other things. And so there's this whole move to creating products that are only digital, that only live in the digital world that people actually pay for. And in some cases, they're limited-run products. So, for example, some of the digital fashion products, they'll make a hundred of them or a thousand of them, and they'll be numbered. And once they're gone, they're gone. And even though there's no technical reason you couldn't create more digital shoes, these digital fashion companies restrict it to drive price up, good old supply and demand. And so we see this happening in multiple domains. And it just happened in the art world. And I'll get back to that in a second. But before I do, I want to share with you an insight. Um, In the summer of 2019, a good buddy of mine came to visit me, and I hadn't seen him for a while, and I hadn't seen his wife and kids for a long time. And the last time I had seen his kids, he lives in the UK, last time I'd seen his kids, they were little ankle biters, and um, when they came in the summer of 2019, they were teenagers. And my wife is awesome, and so they came for a few days, and one of the things we did was we set up a wonderful beach experience for them. We had dinner on the beach, we set up a fire, and we had hot dog weenies and s'mores and shit like that and watched the the sunset. 
So as we're sitting there on the beautiful beach and watching the sun and this Pacific and the water going kaplunk, kaplunk and beautiful and all that, what are the kids doing? Well, they're, I don't know exactly how old they were, but like, you know, 13 and 16, somewhere in that kind of a range. The kids, of course, are on their fucking phones. And, uh, you know, I have lots of children in my life that call me crazy uncle Christopher. And, uh, as a crazy uncle, you get to do a lot of things. And so one of the things I was doing in this situation was kind of ribbing the kids saying, Hey, um, see that beautiful thing over there? Uh, that's the ocean. You might want to take a look at it. Hey, see that beautiful orangey red thing creating all that pinky orangey red shit in the sky. Um, that's called the sunset. You might want to check that out. And of course they would look at it and immediately go back to their phones. And this sort of banter went on and on. And, um, After all that, I had this aha, and the aha goes like this. If you're under probably 30, 35 maybe, you are a digital native. And if you're a teenager, you're for sure a pure digital native. You've come of age, not just in the era of the internet, but the era of the iPhone and the smartphone. And if you're a native digital person, the aha here is your digital life is more important than your physical life. And as it relates to the sunset on the beach, if that's true, if you're a native digital person, you're having the opposite experience that someone like me, who I believe my primary experience in life is a physical one, and my life is supplemented with a rich digital life. But the more important life, if you will, is the quote-unquote physical one, or what I would call the real one. But if you're my buddy's kids, your real life is the digital life. And the ocean and the sunset are an interruption to your real life. And that was a profound moment for me. I understood in that moment the difference between native digital people and non-native digital people. We're 180 degrees different. Okay, so with all that as background, this just happened. This 10-second digital media clip sold for $6.6 million in what's called an NFT auction. This is category design. In this case, both the artist, the business model, and his product, in this case the art, are being created and deployed differently. And this new art category design is changing the definition of the category of what it means to be an artist and a media company and what a piece of art means in the digital age. Art is now a new category. It's not only physical anymore. In the past, people would pay $6.6 million for a painting, not a bunch of zeros and ones. This is a a way bigger development than somebody paying a few dollars to buy a digital tractor or a rifle in a video game. Someone paid over six fucking million dollars for some zeros and ones. And those zeros and ones are artificially being restricted. In this case, they paid that money so they'd be the only people in the world to have those zeros and ones. We believe this marks a demarcation point in the emergence of a new mega category that you might call digital products. And the aha here is this. If you're native digital, your digital life by default is more important and more valuable to you than your physical life. 
And if that's true, it stands to reason that native digitals want to buy shit for their native digital selves. And they'll buy things in their digital world that they wouldn't buy in their physical world. And it could be over time that spending money on your digital life becomes more important than spending money on your physical life, particularly if you're native digital. Recently, there was a, uh, a company that sells mobile phone insurance called Assurion. And they uh, did a study and got some PR for it. And the study said that cell phones are now more important than cars to American buyers, which, by the way, is legendary category design marketing. I don't know whether it's true or not. I I don't know that I would trust a company's research uh, to support their own agenda. But as a marketer, I appreciate what they're doing. But let's say for sake of argument, Asurion here is right, that Americans are valuing their phones more than cars. So what does all this mean? I think we have to take a step back and think about the ascending role of people's digital lives, how they're living their lives, how they're working. Think about what's happened in a post-COVID world. We all live in a digital workplace in a way that we didn't before. And so what does all this mean? I'm not 100% sure, but I think some things to think about. I think we have to ask ourselves, is there an opportunity and or threat for our categories, brands, and businesses in a world where people's digital life is their primary experience and their physical life is their secondary experience? Will people buy digital cars to race and only Uber when they need to? A lot of the younger generation sees no reason to own a car. Will women buy digital fashions by the season and then in the physical world only rent the runway when they need a formal dress? And so things could turn 180 here, okay? With that said, let's let that percolate in your brain for a little bit. Uh, I want to also pop the hood for a second on how this shit is working. Uh, The underpinning of this stuff, as you might know, is the blockchain, And the blockchain is like a digital registry of digital assets. Essentially, the blockchain is a way of tagging and tracking data and securing data that allows digital transactions to happen safely and securely. The blockchain is what underpins cryptocurrencies. Uh, These things called NFTs that I mentioned off the top are called non-fungible tokens. And what non-fungible refers to are digital items that can't be exchanged on a four-like basis. Each is unique. And that's why you can have a digital form of art or a digital sports card or a certain limited run of digital shoes. Uh, You can buy digital land in virtual environments, et cetera, et cetera. Any digital asset you could imagine can be protected essentially by by creating this non-fungible token capability. And so the net net here is there is a new emerging infrastructure for securely managing, creating, distributing, and transacting business around digital assets. So I think that's the big aha here. And I think it leaves us all with having to grapple with a fascinating set of questions. In a world where people's digital life is their primary life, what does that mean for you personally, for your career, for your company, 
for your categories, your products, and your brands. All right, we would like to thank the legendary people at Atrenet, building B2B websites in Silicon Valley for the better part of 20 years. Check out atre.net. If you're in Australia and you want to do legendary marketing, my friends at rapidmedia.com.au are standing by to help you kick some uh, serious marketing ass. Check out rapidmedia.com.au. Don't forget, if you like this kind of content, go to lockhead.com and subscribe to Category Pirates. Remember, this podcast uh, often goes better with libations. Please don't forget to tip your wait staff. Uh, if you like it enough to listen, why not share this podcast with your whole team? Today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. Please consult your lawyer, shaman, mystic, doctor, and bartender before acting on anything in today's episode. Remember to listen to Katie Lang, read one of the, the legends of marketing, George Lewis. We are produced and edited by, speaking of legends, the goat of podcast production, Jason DeFilippo. Check out his podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks. And uh, he'll probably kill me for saying this, but um, he is creating what I think will become the greatest podcast course ever soon. So pay attention for that. Uh, Jamie J and Sarah Knox do legendary technical execution, and they build Lockhead.com. Uh, Candy Dandy keeps all the trains running on time. Johnny Cash was right. Remember, please stay legendary, take good care of yourself, and the thought I'll leave you with comes from me, who said, (laughs) the future needs you.